630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Drop pass, dry something, McDavid down the middle, wrist shot, score! Connor McDavid, just like that! And he's going down the rail, he's got a man open, it is complete, and he's going the distance, inside the five, touchdown Eskimos! Ricky Collins Jr. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers. Representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962. On the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Here's what's going on in the NHL tonight. Early in the second period, Chicago leading Boston 2-0. After the first, it is the Avalanche up 2-0 on the Canadians. Second period, Wild leading Tampa Bay 3-2. No score in the second, Golden Knights and Islanders. Also second period, Arizona leading Philly 1-0. Sharks and Hurricanes tied 1-1. Rangers and Blue Jackets tied 1-1. Later on tonight, the Jets and the Stars and Buffalo is in Calgary. The Oilers are back at it tomorrow. They will be hosting the Los Angeles Kings at Rogers Place. 5.30 for the face-off show here on 6.30, Chad. The game will start at 7. An optional practice for the Oilers today. Only eight players on the ice, but two of them were Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Zach Cassian, both getting over injuries. Here's the update. It's starting to feel better. Um, obviously, done a lot of treatments on them and on it, and uh, it's getting there. Um, uh, more passing, stick handling today uh, as, as opposed to shooting, but... Uh, definitely uh, starting to feel improvements. It was kind of something I was playing through for a little while and then uh, got to a point where it couldn't really do it anymore. So I uh, need to take some time and uh, get it taken care of and uh, we're on the right track right now. Uh, honestly, it's tough to say a timeline, but um, th- I'm just happy that I am feeling a little bit better and that there is improvement and uh, I'm just going to take it uh, day by day right now. I got hit pretty good in the first period in the Vancouver game. Got hit pretty good, folded back and I uh, just got a little spasm there, so it happens. But close to average this afternoon. Are you pretty optimistic? One of the games this weekend, you're pretty good. Yeah, I am. Yeah, for sure, for sure. If not uh, tomorrow, hopefully, hopefully Sunday, for sure. Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Zach Cassian. Cassian saying for sure he will play either tomorrow or Sunday. Ryan Nugent Hopkins going with no timeline. He has already missed five games. Oilers-Kings tomorrow. More on the Oilers as we move along tonight. You'll also hear from former Oilers coach, former GM with the team, former player with the team, Craig McTavish. He's going to coach Canada at the Spengler Cup. And he also was fired by Yaroslavl in the KHL after just eight games earlier this season. He will tell that story. John Shannon's going to pop into studio, and uh, we're going to catch up with a guy who has had a blast over the past week and a half, Grey Cup champion quarterback with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Chris Strevler. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Now, the live auction is underway. 780-496-0063. 780-496-0063. Lana Nordland is here from 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous. She's the executive director of Santa's Anonymous. Lana, it's great to see you. How are you doing? I, I am I'm tired. I've been here all day, but I am very energized. It's been a wonderful day. So we have the Sports Lovers Package. This This is phenomenal. So not only do you get two tickets to go to see Nashville and Edmonton in February, and a Rexall signed chair by Fuhrer and Coffee. 
but you get to golf with Grant Fuhr at the Glendale. So it's golfing for two along with the pro at, at the Glendale and Grant Fuhr. The pro is Adam Bruce, fine Adam young Bruce. man, mm-hmm. who uh, will be golfing as well. All right, so uh, 780-496-0063. So people have until 7 o'clock to bid. That's right. And it's now open. Somebody can just call in. and Do we have do we have a number that it's starting at? Can somebody call in and establish it? How does that work? Yeah, well, unless you want to start us off, Reed. Uh, no pressure. Sure. I'll bid... Uh, I'll bid $500. Wow, that's an excellent start, Reed. That doesn't even pay for the golf or the carts. Well, i got to get it to ease everything in. There you go. And and also to remind everybody listening that our online auction at santasanonymous.ca closes at 8 o'clock tonight. And there are items starting as low as $5 there. And there's something for everybody. Cars, memorabilia, uh, you name it. There's, there's, there's something in there for everybody. All right, this is great. Well, I think we have some people calling in to bid now, and I'll give uh, periodic updates here throughout the hour. Thank you, Lana. Thank you. Lana Nordland, Executive Director of 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous. So the bidding is open for the sports lovers package, and and, and as she said, don't forget santasanonymous.ca, a whole bunch of things to uh, bid online as well. Good stuff. We'll, uh, We'll keep you updated throughout the uh, the next hour of the show. Okay, so the, uh, as I mentioned, the Oilers practiced today. Uh, there were not a lot of players on the ice. Uh, Tippett says he's choosing to go with a, uh, a full morning skate tomorrow, full practice on Saturday, no morning skate likely on Sunday because a bit of an earlier game against Buffalo. So that's why there weren't as many players on the ice today. Tough one last night against the Ottawa Senators. The Oilers played a, a pretty good first period, had a one nothing lead, two quick goals, two soft, uncharacteristic goals allowed by Miko Koskinen early in the second period. He allowed another one later. He was pulled, and uh, the Oilers got back in it a little bit with a cleft bomb goal late in the second period. Could not get it going in the third. One of the storylines out of that game, Oscar Clefbaum minus four. Adam Larson, minus four. So, Coach Tippett, were they really that bad? There were some poor and there were some bad breaks. So, so you look at the fourth and the fifth goal. We turn it over, come back, and it, it's, uh, it's a nothing play. Duclair whiffs on it and goes across. The other guy shoots it wide, comes out the other side, right to Duclair stand on the other. He shoots it from behind the goal line. And, like, is that Clef's fault? Probably not. The one right? where they're both caught behind the net. But, well, how about that one? So the puck's going, the Clef's going back for it, hits a little stanchion in the boards, jumps right back. Right? So that doesn't happen again. When I looked at it too, I said, where are you going, Clef? What are you doing? And then you watch it on tape, hit a little chunk of the boards, came right back, he overskated it. Yeah. Right? So we now, he overskates it. Now Larson thinks he's got to cover up for him. The next guy covers up for him, and the next guy's open. Right? So there's some of those things like, hey, can they play better? The, the one that bothered me the most was the one where they were on for over a minute, him and Larson. We came up, dry settle, turned it over, and Clef was up sniffing on the play and couldn't get back, was too tired to get back on the two-on-one goal, right? So uh, is there some things they can do to everyone to play better? Sure there is. Everybody was in that position last night, but they got they got caught with a couple of minuses. They're, uh, they're ones that I, I think they're bad breaks more than bad minuses. All right, so there's Dave Tippett, obviously looked at some of the game film, processed the game a little bit, and uh, said the two goals in the third period may be more bad bounces than bad play. 
The other goal he's referring to, the Tyler Ennis goal that made it 3-1. Players getting caught, players tired out on the ice, and they weren't able to recover, and it allowed Ottawa to pull away and get the victory. So I, I thought, you know, a, a pretty balanced view from Tippett. Doesn't come out with guns a-blazing, criticizing his players, uh, took a look at it. Now, having said that, the Oilers didn't lose the game because of bad bounces. They they They, they weren't sharp. They didn't check well enough. They, they didn't finish the chances they had offensively in the first period, especially even late in the game, couldn't get one on the power play that at least would have given them a miracle's chance of, of maybe pulling even. And I just thought, I mean, a lot of, a lot of missed passes, uh, you know, just off the tape, too far in front of a guy, uh, too much sloppy play. And I think for the Oilers, if they pay attention to detail and if, if they go into the mindset that, every little second of the game matters uh they do a lot better and and they've been better after games where they've been a little embarrassed and they've kind of said let's not let's make sure that doesn't happen again the challenge for them is going to be having that mentality night after night and Tippett talked about that today and I want to get to that piece of audio in a second another thing after last night you know Rob and I did overtime open line and I, I know somebody said, well, they played down to the level of their competition. Well, why are they losing to these bad teams? Do they take these teams lightly? I don't think so. I, I mean, I realize it might look that way some nights. I think you have to realize there are a lot of good players in the NHL, even on teams that aren't that good. And we saw some horrifically bad teams here in Edmonton over the last 13 years and then you know some really bad ones some that were you know just kind of below average mediocre well even those teams are winning 30 to 35 games right so ottawa is going to get their share of wins you know detroit's quite poor they're going to get their share of wins so i thought how how is this actually breaking down here the oilers have lost 10 games in regulation time here's the current standing of the teams they have lost to Chicago, 27th, not good. Minnesota, 18th, mediocre. Florida, 15th, I think they're actually better than that. Detroit is last in the league. St. Louis is third overall. San Jose's 17th. Of course, the Oilers also have beaten San Jose. LA's 29th, the Oilers have also beaten LA. Colorado's 7th, Vancouver's 14th. The Oilers have won two or three against them. Ottawa is 30th. So I get it. You know, they they do have a loss on the ledger against the three bottom teams in the NHL. That is not good. But if you look at the teams currently in the bottom 10 of the standings, well, who else have the Oilers played? They've played the New York Rangers. They beat them. They played Anaheim. They pounded them. They played Columbus. They beat them. They played New Jersey twice. Once was a dramatic victory they barely pulled out. The other one was a pretty decisive win. As as I mentioned, they have beaten the LA Kings, and they did beat Detroit one of the two meetings. In fact, against the bottom 10 teams of the NHL as of today, the Oilers are 7-4. and four. So I get it. Would would you maybe have would you like them to have done a better job taking advantage of Ottawa, taking advantage of Detroit? Absolutely. I, I get it, but it's not like it's not like they they've barely that they haven't beaten anybody in the bottom ten. They have eleven games against teams currently in the bottom ten. They've won seven. All right, I think if you look at it that way, it's it's not that bad. I think they're trying to get to another level where they're like the Boston Bruins, where they're like the Washington Capitals, you know, now the, the stratosphere that St. Louis has moved into, where you rarely lose to anybody. I mean, Boston only has three regulation losses all year. They're down 2 nothing to Chicago tonight. 
but I really don't think that the Oilers are going to get there in the near future. I mean, we're talking about a team that has been out of the playoffs 12 of the last 13 years, and the last two. So even though they have some guys in this group who were in the playoffs in 2017, still they come back and miss the playoffs the, the next two years. So, I, you know, I'm pretty encouraged by a lot of things this season. Some things in the game lately are make you a little leery about where they're headed. But can we really expect the Oilers to go from a team the last two years that got in the high 70s in points, which is below 500 in an in a era where it's not that hard to be 500 because of the loser points, do we really expect the Oilers to go from that level to a team that almost never loses to a team in the bottom six or seven in the standings? I think that would be a jump that probably isn't realistic. I, I think what they've done so far... Uh, is actually pretty good. By the way, if you want to chime in tonight, you can also text 780-496-0063. The phone line's primarily open tonight for our auction item. Gary now the high bidder at 700 bucks for the Sports Lovers Package. This is two tickets to the Oilers in Nashville on February 8th. A Rexall seat signed by Grant Fuhr and Paul Coffey, and you and a buddy get to golf with Grant Fuhr and Adam Bruce, who's one of the pros over at the Glendale next summer. 780-496-0063 to bid on that. Here's uh, Dave Tippett today asked about some of these uh, losses to teams lower in the standings. You know, I really like the way we play the first period. If you look at the first period, you think, hey, you guys played well, and then we come out and we give up the two quick goals, and then we decided to change our game and chase the game. And it just, um, for their team, they'd lost five in a row, and all of a sudden, boom, they get a little life, and they think they can win. Same thing happened to Detroit. That team was, you know, was kind of down, lost eight in a row, and they were, desperate and we didn't reach that desperation the same thing with Chicago in there you know your team lost hadn't won yet this year and their desperation level was just higher than ours so uh, we had a meeting this morning we talked about uh, how we played against Vancouver on Sunday night or went into Vegas or went into San Jose last time we need to make that a staple of our game doesn't matter who we play or where they're at in the standings and because that's how we want to play and and we understand that we just got to do it more uh, just we're working on it. They're just not sustaining it. You know, like there's there's, there's certain things that we do when we're playing well that uh, we get away from, and some of it, like you can see some frustration sometimes on players' face. They they um, they get frustrated if things aren't going their way. We have to learn how to play through that frustration and stay with the game a little more. It's two one. Like I think we're going to score another goal in that game, right? Rather than give another two away. So. Instead of giving two away, stay with the game and stay working hard and stay simple and hard and see if we can find a way to get back in the game, not give the game away. All right, I, I think I think a pretty fair summary there from Dave Tippett. And what did he say? We have to make it a staple of our game. I don't think the Oilers have had a decent team long enough that they're quite yet sure how to make it a staple of their game. I think they show signs of of getting there. I think they've done a lot a lot of things that have them on the right path this year. I don't think they're there yet. Now, look, maybe I'm, maybe I'm being a little too calm about it. Maybe I'm being too optimistic. But I'm personally not going to throw a fit because they lost to Ottawa. Because like I said, against the teams in the bottom 10 in the standings, they are 7-4. and four. Now, they got to come out and bounce back against Los Angeles because they have lost three of their last four. And if you look at the 10-game segments of the season, now that there are 30 games, this last 10-game segment was the worst one. Also, our code word tonight for our Join the Team contest presented by Japanese Village 
This is where the winner is going to be announced Monday, so make sure you get your name in there. This is where you get to spend a game day at the rink. You get to come on the face-off show. You get to meet members of the Oilers management. You get great tickets to a game, and you get to be in the Oilers team photo when they have it. Today's code word is penalty. Last code word will be at 6.20 tomorrow, but Thursday's code word is penalty. Contest page on 630Ched.com. Look for the Join the Team promotion. And we're doing our bids for the 630Ched Santa's Anonymous live auction item. That's the Sports Lovers Package, which includes golfing with Grant Fewer. Frank, is this, sorry, is this Frank? It is Frank. Uh, Frank, now the high bidder at 800 bucks. 780-496-0063. We're back after the break. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers. Representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962. Well, that was a productive commercial break. Andrew now has the high bid for our sports lovers package as part of our 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous live auction. Andrew, $1,600. Thank you very much. Bidding open until 7 o'clock, 780-496-0063. You get to go see the Oilers play Nashville on February 8th. Lower bowl tickets. You get a Rexall seat signed by Fewer and Coffee, And you get to golf with a buddy with Grant Fewer and golf pro Adam Bruce at the Glendale. Now, the golfing will be in the summer. It's not. You don't have to do it right away. It's it's is summer golf. We're not going to put out put you out there in January or February. Well, maybe if you insisted, I don't know. I guess you just you'd say you you got to golf, you got to golf while there's snow on the ground. All right, thank you very much for that, Andrew. That is uh, some awesome stuff. And again, the code word for join the team. I don't know if I'm supposed to say it after six twenty, but I will. I'll whisper it. Penalty. Well, Margaret's now got up to two thousand dollars. The bids are coming in hot and heavy. We can't handle them. No, this is great. Thank you. 780-496-0063. Craig McTavish will be our next guest on the show after the 630 News. Uh, Mac T is going to coach Team Canada at the Spengler Cup in Switzerland. That's the uh, post-Christmas annual tournament. And Craig McTavish was fired eight games into the KHL season, earlier this season. Goes over to Russia, takes over Yaroslavl. He's coaching them. They're three and five. And they're like, Mac T, you're gone. Ten game segments for the Oilers. Here's what they got to clean up. First ten, they went 7-2-1. They had a plus seven goal differential. Second ten game segment, they went 5-4-1. Even goal differential. Here's the troublesome part. Last ten games, still got above 500, barely at 5-4-1. But they allowed 35 goals against and were minus four in terms of goal differential. So Tippett said they met with the players today. That's the priority, keeping those goals against down. Just to, here's the goals against per 10-game segment. 23, then 30, then 35. Goals for 30, 30, 31. So the goals for almost the same in every 10, but the goals against has gone up. So that's what they have to clean up. Mac Key coming up next. Update the scoreboard as well. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers. Representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962. 
right, here's what's going on in the NHL. Chicago leading Boston 2-0 in the second period. Also in the second, Avs up 3-0 on the Canadians. Wild leading Tampa Bay 3-2. Vegas and the Islanders tied 1-1. Coyotes up 1-0 on the Flyers. Hurricanes up 2-1 on the Sharks. And the Rangers have a 3-1 cushion on the Blue Jackets. Panarin, his 13th of the season. Later, Buffalo and Calgary, Winnipeg and Dallas. The Oilers will play Los Angeles tomorrow. 5.30 face-off show here on 6.30. Chad, the game will start at 7. Jason Moss, several reports that he is headed to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders to be their offensive coordinator. Thursday night football, Cowboys-Bears scoreless six and a half minutes in. Raptors trailing Houston 61-51 with a minute and 11 left in the first half. Our sports lovers package current high bidder with 25 and a half minutes left in the auction is Al at $3,000. This is Oilers tickets to see them play Nashville, Rogers Place, February 8th. A Rexall Place seat signed by Grant Fewer and Paul Coffey. And you and a buddy, right now Al and a buddy, golfing with Grant Fewer and golf pro Adam Bruce at the Glendale. High bid, $3,000. 630-CHED sent us anonymous live auction. 780-496-0063 to place your bid. Also, go to sandasanonymous.ca to check out all the cool items in our online auction and uh, a wide range of uh, price option options there. So you may find something that you like. But to get in on the live auction for the Sports Lovers Package, 780-496-0063. Well, we're going to catch up with a former player, coach, and manager for the Edmonton Oilers. He's uh, had some interesting developments over the last three or four months. Welcome back to Inside Sports, Craig McTavish. Craig, how are you doing? Very well, Reed. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. It's good to catch up with you, and this is going to be a fun month for you, getting ready for the Spengler Cup. Uh, just tell us a little bit about how this opportunity shook down for you, Craig. Oh, I talked to Sean Burke um I don't know, maybe a month or two ago, and he was uh, asking about gauging my level of interest. I said I'd be absolutely interested in any capacity. Um, but, I mean, if, if you go a different direction, uh, my feelings won't be hurt either. And uh, But I'd be happy to help out in any capacity. Uh, as things turned out, I, I mean, I would have preferred to have been over there assisting Wayne because that would have been an unbelievable experience for everybody to have Wayne over there coaching that hockey team. So that would have been uh, that would have been preference and priority number one. But uh, now, uh, now I go over there as a coach, and uh, I've got Koff and uh, Misha uh, Donskoff uh, on her staff. What are you thinking about coaching such a short tournament? You coached in the NHL for a long time, and, and you know, you've played and managed. So in the NHL, we always talk about the grind and building each month and peaking and going through the peaks and valleys. Yeah. You, you can't really have a, val- a valley in a tournament that's, that's a week long. How is it going to be different coaching in that? I think you just prioritize tactical things that you need to have in your system play from game one. Obviously, special teams would be priority number one, and we'll have a practice to uh, get coordinated and organized on our special teams. You know, and a few other things, uh, obviously, that you need to have in floor checks and neutral zone checking and defensive zone coverage and stationary breakouts and defending stationary breakouts and uh, 
quick change drills, all, all those things. Uh, you just you have to prioritize the things that you're going to pass on to the team and uh, simplify it as much as possible. I think that's, you know, you, you really don't have enough time uh, to overly prepare for the opponent because you're so busy fine-tuning your own your own system, playing the things that tactically you have to have in your lineup. The Spengler Cup is always interesting to me, Craig, because when the roster comes out, you scan through it and you might recognize some names or there might be some that sort of ring a bell and you Google it and you think to yourself, oh, geez, that's that guy. That's where he, he, he wound up. I, and, you know, I, I know how much, um, you know, you like just getting to know other pe- people in hockey too. And I imagine uh, one thing I, I'm guessing you're going you're gonna to take away from this if we were to talk again in a month is probably all the great stories and connections you're going to get with just Canadian hockey players and where the journey has taken them. Yeah, working with Hockey Canada is always amazing. And um, what makes it really amazing is the passion that the players have. I mean, they're they're, uh, generally players that are playing in Europe, Canadian-born players playing in Europe with the odd American League exception that we'll get. But uh, they come over there and... uh, with their families and just how passionately they take the responsibility of playing Canadian style hockey. And, uh, I mean, that, that to me is always the most amazing thing to buy in and the motivation is always automatic in, in those short tournaments. And, uh, you know, hockey Canada has got so many resources from all the prior tournaments that they've had and so many technical, uh, uh, things that they can pass on to the coaches and ice surface measurements and uh, different tactics that have worked over there. They're an amazing resource. And, uh, you know, they've got the logistics of uh, of these tournaments. Sean Burks, the GM, really enjoyed working with him. Uh, this is his fourth Spangler in succession, so he's got it down. They've been really good the last number of years, so we're we're anticipating the same this year. Craig McTavish joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Craig, you coached Yaroslavl in the KHL earlier this season. I, I guess I got to ask you the shortest and bluntest possible question and, and let you take yeah. it from there. How the heck do you get fired after only eight games? Oh, because they didn't fire me after preseason. That's. <laughs> <laughs> It was, uh, you know, it was an amazing adventure. And uh, there were times in preseason we lost a couple, and the pressure was definitely on. There's no hiding from that. There's no uh, mixed messaging from the top uh, of what the expectation is. And, uh, I mean, there's a lot to organize in a short period of time, but you better get it organized and get the team playing well. I think... uh, you know, we lost the first couple games of the year at home, and that put us behind. We had two goal leads in both games, and that put us behind. And then one other two-game losing streak, uh, that that was the end. But, uh, you know, if you would have asked me and presented that scenario before I went in, I would have I uh, expected uh, to be fired given that scenario. But... Uh, I mean, that was the negative part of it. Nobody likes to get fired, obviously. Um, but there were a lot of positive things, too, that uh, that I took out of my experience over there. I met a lot of 
unbelievably good people. Players were very honest, hardworking, professional guys. The facilities were amazing. Support staff was excellent. The fans were passionate. Uh, so it was just another uh, experience in in the uh, in, in in the repertoire that I, that I uh, in overall my perspective was very good with uh, with the experience I had there. Let me ask you one this way: What's the biggest misconception Canadian hockey fans have about the KHL now that you got to experience? I think there's a couple. I think uh, uh, the players being high maintenance is probably the the first misperception, and uh, you know the, the skill level. Uh, you would think Russian hockey, puck possession style of hockey, lots of puck movement, but that really isn't the case. They play a very north-south game, which was, you know, really interesting to me and completely opposite of what my expectation was going over there. But uh, you know, those those two things. Uh, the, another misperception, just in general, about Russia would be. Um, the perception that it, it's uh, it's it's disorganized. I, I found it to be very structured, and I mean, I've been going over there for the last ten years, and the, the people are a lot in a lot better uh, place than they were ten years ago uh, economically. Uh, the banking is very sophisticated. Um, everything's documented. Everything's very well organized. Uh, I guess because of a level of corruption that they're trying to get away from. But, uh, no, I, 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 I was impressed by uh, a lot of things about, uh, about Russia. That's interesting what you said about the, the North-South game and uh, maybe the misconception about the puck possession because when a, a Russian player comes over, you know, obviously when Koskinen came to the Oilers, he'd been playing in the KHL. And somebody said to me, well, don't put too much into his save percentage because they don't shoot as much and, and, and the angles are different. But maybe that's a little over overgeneralizing things, or, or what do you think? Well, there's, they don't have the uh, finish either that they have over here. I mean, you need a lot of chances over there to score. I mean, the elite players in that league really are players that have failed uh, to make it at the NHL level. Anton Lander was with us. He'd be a good example of an elite player over there, a guy that just was on the cusp of making it here. And so it's a real uh, great niche for those guys uh, that don't want to play in the American League, that go over there. The, the uh, you know, the, the, the players are uh, treated very well over there. They're paid very well. And so it's a great niche for those players, but they're the, those are the top players, and any top Russians are always really looking to get into North America and get into the NHL. And uh, the, the NHL still is is the number one destination for all those players over there. They they all the young kids that we had on our team, they're all really looking forward to uh, making their mark on the NHL and getting there as quickly as possible. Craig Batavis joining us on Inside Sports. Craig, I know you're you're following the current edition of the Oilers. <clears throat> Pardon me, i, I got to throw you one. 
because you were the general manager yeah. when Leon Dreisaitl, uh, you, were the, you were the general manager that drafted Leon Dreisaitl, third overall. You get picked third overall. Obviously, you're expected to be an excellent player. He's tied for the league lead in scoring. He scored 50 last season. When you see what Leon has become, how do you compare that with what you thought he might be when you picked him? Well, they're all based on projections, and he certainly had all the attributes to be a dominant player. There's no question. I mean, his hockey sense is easy to spot and was easy to spot at the junior level. I mean, there were guys that uh, were rated very closely to Leon uh, that draft year, uh, is my recollection. We brought Bob Green on at that point, and uh, Stu McGregor was our head scout. So we were really strong i thought uh, in the west we had lots of viewings of uh of uh you know the guys that were in his ranking uh reinhardt obviously in uh, buffalo and uh, sam bennett too as well in calgary were in the discussion uh with him uh at glad so there i mean he 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 had all the attributes and the hockey sense would be the one thing that really separated him uh, from some of the other guys in my mind. Like there aren't many guys over the years that I've seen that find guys on the ice that you don't see stand in the stands. And uh, obviously Wayne had was, had the greatest uh, processor the games ever, ever seen. Um, Mark Savard was, could find people I didn't see, um, and Leon Dreisaitl could too. Like I could see the second and first and second option, but he'll find a better option after that. And that, that's just processing the game at a level that's very, uh, very unique. Yeah, he's a joy to watch for sure. Great combination with McDavid. Craig, it's awesome yeah. to catch up with you. We we wish you all the best with the Spangler Cup. Thanks for sharing some of your experiences in the KHL, too. Always great to have you on the show. Thanks, Reed. Pleasure. Talk to you down the road. That is Craig McTavish. He is an intelligent man, very well-spoken. He always has a good line somewhere along the way, and the one I enjoyed tonight. How do you get fired after eight games, Craig? Because they didn't fire me after the preseason. (laughs) That was a good one. 12 minutes left in our Sports Lovers package for the 630 Ched Santa's Anonymous live auction. Peter is now the high bidder, $3,200. You get to see the Oilers and Predators at Rogers Place in February. You get a Rexall Place seat signed by Fewer and Coffee. And you get to golf with Grant Fewer and golf pro Adam Bruce at the Glendale in the summer. 780-496-0063. Now 11 minutes left in the bidding. Peter has the high bid, $3,200. More Inside Sports in a second. Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chad Inside Sports. And remember, if you subscribe to the podcast, Kellen Kennedy and I deliver a canned ham to your door. We got all of Letterman's leftover canned hams from his old show. They were in a warehouse in New York. We brought them here. And now we're giving them out. 
Margaret is now the high bidder for the Sports Lovers Package. Six minutes left to bid, 780-496-0063. It is up to $3,500. And you can also still bid on the online auction, santasanonymous.ca. $3,500, Margaret, the high bidder. We're getting down to the wire. Next hour of the show is going to be fun. Chris Strebler is going to check in. I believe he is driving back from Winnipeg to his hometown. Great Cup winning quarterback. What an interesting season he had. He goes in and sort of that specialized package. Then he's the starter for a while with Nichols Hurt. Then he's more of the specialized guy again as they get in, they get Kalaros. In the Grey Cup, he uh, runs, he throws, he catches a pass. And then he's even further known for his uh, celebration throughout, well, really for the last week and a half. As <laughs> Winnipeg celebrates their first Grey Cup since 1990. Also in the next hour of the show, he's going to be in studio. Uh, John Shannon's uh, going to join us, a uh, long-time, long-time television bigwig, long-time, uh, long-time television deal broker, or something like that. We'll see what title he wants. Now, don't. But here's the thing: don't tell John. Don't don't tweet him. Don't don't tip him off. But for John Shannon, it's just going to be 40 minutes of Star Wars trivia questions. That's all. That's all we're going to do. Just, like, stuff about Yoda, Chewbacca's home planet, lightsaber colors. <laughs> That's all we're going to do with John. But, but again, don't, don't tip him off. We just, we just want him to, we're just going to bring him into the fire, and there's going to be John Shannon. Well, we may talk some hockey and get some stories from his broadcasting career and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. Well, how are we doing with the bidding? Do we have somebody else? Did anybody top Margaret? I got a not yet. We might. We uh, we okay. I, I got four thousand. We're up to four thousand. Exceptional for the sports lovers package with uh, four and a half minutes left in the bidding. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three to get in on it. Do we, can I get a name? Al. Al. Well, Al's back in. All right. Al is back in. Yeah. Al and Margaret, the final two. I mean, we've had some other names involved. You know, we had a Peter in there, a couple other people, so it's been sort of been like the NCAA bracket, slowly being whittled, whittled down. <laughs> and, now, and now we have, and now, and we, but here's the thing, a wild card entry can still jump in. We're at Final Four weekend now, Reed. That's right. So Al's up at $4,000. We'll see if Margaret responds or we have somebody else come in. 780-496-0063. Trucker Dave texting in to 780-496-0063. He says, good evening, Reed. Glad to hear from Craig McTavish. He's as smooth a storyteller as he is a skater. Glad to have him back working for Canada. Uh, he seemed pretty uh, excited about the opportunity at the Spengler Cup. And I, I, he was very... Uh, very mature, very realistic about what happened with the KHL. He didn't seem overly surprised that because it went bad early that the, the team decided to uh, to make a change, and uh, and they made a change. And he was seemed to have a great experience, great time over there, even though it was pretty short. And I, I really liked when he outlined the, the misconceptions Canadians have about, about Russian hockey. That was cool, too. What are we up to now? Margaret with 41 now. Margaret coming right back. 4,100. I'm running out of room on my little sheet of paper. I have to flip it over. Margaret, 4,100 for the Sports Lovers Package for the Santa's Anonymous Live Auction. Well, it's inside of three minutes to bid now because it closes at 7. So if uh, Peter wants to jump back in, Al wants to jump back in, or anybody else, do it in the next three minutes, and you have to bid more than 4,100. 
Lana Nordland, the executive director of 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous, will join us with the final tally, the winner's name, after the news and weather at 7.05. And John Shannon will be in as well to talk some NHL, to talk some broadcasting, and I don't know, maybe Baby Yoda? I mean, certainly John's aware of Baby Yoda. Who isn't aware of Baby Yoda? It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.